Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. Uh, Manchester United 4, Bournemouth 1 has not long finished and I'm in the press room at Old Trafford. I've just listened to both managers talking. Both actually speak very well. Eddie Howe is, uh, is one of the bright young managers. Uh, he had a tough game today. That was the first thing that he said. And Oli Gunnar Solskjaer continues speaking informed, intelligent and lots of common sense, saying the things which fans want to hear and... You can look at it cynically and say it's just words, but when the team play as well as he just have done, then he can say what he wants because it was a hugely entertaining game. The atmosphere was as good as it's been at Old Trafford all season, probably the best since Liverpool at home in February, back when Liverpool used to lose football matches. And there's a buzz about the buzz. It arrived the day Ole Gunnar arrived and it has not gone away. So we're going to join the lads shortly uh, who've been selling United We Stand. I think they've sold out. And before that, I'm going to speak to a, a new guest, uh, a journalist, James Robson. James used to cover United and City, I think, for the Manchester Evening News. And he's now working for the London Evening Standard. So he's a northern lad. He's from close to Manchester. And he's now changed for a Cockney accent because he works for the London Evening Standard. James, thanks for joining us on United We Stand. What did you make of that today? I think much the same as what you just said, you know, it was really enjoyable. And that's been the notable thing over the past, what, it's only a week and a half, but it now you've almost forgotten how grim it was before that, haven't you? You know, Cardiff was a fantastic experience just to be there, you know, feeling the excitement of the, the away fans there. Uh, Boxing Day, I felt coming to the ground that people were actually excited, and I don't think that would have been the case had Mourinho still been in charge. And I think this might have been the best yet, actually. You know, I know they didn't score as many as they did against Cardiff, but... They were fantastic, weren't they? they and they, I couldn't recognise the team I'd seen from the one I've watched for, let's say, certainly from the start of this season. Um, I mean, they've not played like that probably since Fergie, to be totally honest. But, you know, I wasn't totally against Mourinho. I don't think it's been a terrible two and a half years or anything like that. But the, this season has been painful to watch. And this felt like the old United. Which players stood out for you? You've got to say Pogba, haven't you? You've, you've, you've got to say that, because... He just looks absolutely transformed. Um, I think Solskjaer was saying it was a near-perfect midfield performance. And, you know, one of the things that stood out for me was him winning the ball on the edge of the box and immediately trying to spray a pass to Jesse Lingard. And they're just the sort of things that I expect of Pogba, but we haven't seen anywhere near enough of it. I, I personally think when he's at his best, he could well be the best central midfielder there is. I think he does things other central midfielders just don't do. But we haven't seen anywhere near enough of that. Um, Rashford was fantastic. That The run for the first goal, I, I had to look twice at one point. I thought it was Marshall because I didn't think Rashford had that sort of footwork. Um, uh, Matic, I can't remember seeing him pass the ball forward as often as he does. And the amount, it was notable the amount of first-time passes. Um, and Jesse Lingard, I just, I'm really impressed with... I, I mean, I like Jesse Lingard anyway. I know he's not everyone's favourite. He hasn't been. He really looks at home in this team. And with that front three of him, Marshall and... Um, Rashford I, I just really like the balance of it the, the pace of it the movement it, it looks really exciting what about as a journalist 
What's your opinion of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and covering him at the press conferences? I get what you were saying at the beginning about uh, are there only words and cynics might say it's almost like it's paint by numbers the things he's saying you know they're all the, the type of things the buzzwords for United fans you know uh, attacking football fast football youth all, all this sort of stuff and, you, and he said the other day that the fans are the best in the world every manager could say that about, about every club absolutely what I would say though is you, genu- you believe it with him and Look, he's, maybe he's a fantastic actor. I don't know, but you believe it. And you, when he says he's really enjoying it, you believe that too. When he says that all he's done is say to them, look, play more like United, um, try to get forward, take risks. You, I can understand why he's had that reaction from the players because he's just a positive person. And look, that positivity has been nowhere to be seen here for quite a while. And it just stood out for me. I'm, I'm going to mention Pep Guardiola, but he is a manager who encourages players to take risks and he doesn't mind if they lose the ball because he wants them to take risks he knows the benefits of it coming off outweigh the, the negatives and so that's what that stood out for me when Solskjaer first said that about he doesn't mind players losing the ball just try to win it back if you do and I can't imagine Mourinho ever saying that to them or Van Gaal I've only got positives to say about Oli Gunnar at the moment he looks tired though I'd imagine if you're manager of Manchester United it must be not a burden, but you're just getting demands on your time at all times. And even people telling you how great you are, it must be completely overwhelming. And he's got a family as well. Yeah, well, uh, it probably looks a bit like I, I did when my wife gave birth twice. You know, it is that kind of like that whirlwind where you're on top of the world, you know, you, you couldn't be happier, but you're also absolutely exhausted and... Yeah, everyone's telling you how, yeah, you know, congratulating what have you, but, and you're just thinking, I just want to sleep. Um, I'd imagine there's a bit of that, but again, that's what's impressed me because that positivity hasn't dimmed at all, and he must be exhausted. You know, the, the change in his life over the past week and a half, two weeks, is is enormous, isn't it? And it, although he looks tired, um, the way he is with us has been fantastic. He said at the end of his press conference the other day on Friday. Um, he said it's a pleasure at the end of it and someone said uh, well you won't say that in a couple of weeks time or something and he, he said I will honestly genuinely it's an absolute pleasure and again I believed him and after that I stayed in because I was covering it for a Sunday he shook everybody's hand and wished them all the best yeah yeah. nice touches I know we're in again we are keep coming back to it we are in this honeymoon period but what's wrong with that? well there's nothing and, and look it, it is sensible for any manager to get the media on side, you, you need that, and he's doing that. And we're not that hard to win round, you know. You know, call us by our name, look us in the eye when you when you're in, when we're interviewing you when you ask you a question. Um, that has an effect. And something that stood out for me in that same press conference was, um, you know, with, with Mourinho's press conferences, they'd be really short, and that was always an issue for us. And you'd all be clamouring over each other to try to get your question in before the time was up. Uh, and I've been trying to get a question into Ollie during this press conference, and uh, someone was speaking over me, and he stopped and said, uh, "No, you." And again, you know, they're little things, but it doesn't take much to flatter us. You mentioned Guardiola earlier. He's probably the best football coach in the world. Might even be someone who Manchester United are interested in becoming a, as a, the next permanent manager. If Ole Gunnar, if life doesn't work out with Ole Gunnar, I mean, Guardiola already lives in Manchester and I wrote that a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he's ambitious, wants to move to a bigger club with a more storied history. I'm not going to get you into trouble here because I realise you've got to cover both teams objectively. But seriously, what's Pep like to deal with um, and what's City like to deal with as a, as a journalist? Uh, so Pep, um, I don't think he enjoys the press conferences. 
You know, but, he, he didn't in Barcelona. No. Even, even at Barca B, I requested an interview with him for 442, which is a well-respected international magazine. All the Barca players were delighted to go in it, and he was the only knockback I got. Right. I can believe that. Um, uh, there's, we certainly don't do any one-on-one stuff with him. You know, that just doesn't happen. Um, he has a couple of trusted confidants, doesn't he, who he feeds stuff to? Uh, Back in Barcelona, yeah. um, and a couple here. Well, like Lou, for example, Lou Martini is yeah. a great lad. Yeah, that that though that dates back to the yeah. time when it's in Barcelona, doesn't it? Um, I would say in general he's been good to deal with. One thing is you can ask him anything, and he, he responds to it. Um, whether it's always the complete honesty, you can say the same with all managers. Um, one thing I would say about him is from that documentary. There's a part in it where he says, um, "Out there, I will I'll back you to the hilt, but in here, I'll tell you the truth." That kind of now colours everything you ask him because you look. We all we all know that managers will uh, bend the truth, you know, and, and not often they don't often like digging people out. But you know, there'll be occasions when we know we've heard behind the scenes there are issues with certain players, and we'll ask him, and it'll be no, no, everything's fine. And, and immediately you're thinking, well, it's probably not. But in terms of City to deal with as a club, yeah, it's generally they've been great. They've been really positive, um, but they're a club that. Obviously, they were coming at it from a different uh, perspective from United. You know, having covered United for uh, what is it now, 10, 10 years or so. So first um, at, at evening news. At is, evening is news. That how you yeah. got into journalism? Yeah, no, I've been in journalism before that. For a while before that, I used to cover uh, Stoke and Port Vale. Um, uh, for the Sentinel. Uh, for the Sentinel, and I was at um, uh, I covered Forest for uh, for the Nottingham Evening Post. So I worked my way up the divisions, uh, and then I came to United. I remember. Um, uh, the first time I did a Fergie press conference, I was saying to I asked Stu Matheson beforehand because I was covering for him. I said, "So, so how do I go about getting a player? Do I ask them beforehand?" And he kind of just he looked at me in complete disbelief, then laughed and said, "We don't get players." Um, and I think I got a similar sort of response when I said, "How about you know one on one with Fergie?" The same sort of thing. So that was a, that was a, that was a real uh, eye opener for me when I first. And an editor asked me a couple of years ago, "Is it possible for you to travel on the United team bus to a big away game and write, like, you know, a really in-depth colour piece and speak to the players?" And I said to him, and he was an American editor, "I said it's a wonderful idea, and if you got a good photographer, it would be even better." But it's just never going to happen. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, you, you realise that very quickly from covering this club, and I know. It's, it's certainly in lower leagues, it's a lot easier to get access yeah. than it is in the Premier League, but I think United has traditionally been very difficult to get access to. Do they need to change? Is it changing? Um, well, as we know, they've got a new director of comms now. Um, he's doing well. Yeah, I think he's, he's already proven pretty pos- uh, popular with the, with the local lads. Um, we'll wait and see on that. You know, United is uh, an enormous machine and it, it takes a lot to change it. Uh, City, they were always, you know, the... the <laughs> they, they were always, let's say, probably more in need of publicity and were always far more open in terms of getting players, etc. And they're still like that now. Um, they've, they've not changed that, and that is, that is nice to deal with. It's very rarely, after a match at City, you won't get a player in a mix, I can put it that way. You're now working for the London Evening Standard. I thought it was quite interesting in, in the summer that they made three appointments. Yourself as a Manchester correspondent... Uh, David Lynch uh, as a Liverpool correspondent and Ben as a Spanish correspondent. I, I quite like to see a newspaper investing in journalism. Why do you think they did that? Uh, look, I think they were, uh, they were clever appointments in terms of uh, the clubs they wanted to cover. You know, it, certainly if you look at this country, the only 
you, know, you look at the biggest clubs in this country, the newsworthy clubs, let's say, uh, without wanting to be disrespectful, um, but in terms like of global interest, um, they've already got Arsenal, Tottenham and Chelsea anyway, so they covered there. The obvious ones were United, Liverpool, obviously the two most popular clubs in the country, uh, if not the world, and then you've got uh, City, who are the best club in the country, the best team in the country. So they were, they were sensible appointments. After Liverpool. Right now, after Liverpool. can't believe yeah. I just said that, but I watched him yesterday. It was painful, because they're very, very good. Well, when the appointment was made, City were champions, um, and, and then, of course, Spain, I think... Outside of the Premier League, that's where all the interest is. It's Barcelona and Real Madrid, isn't it? So, you know, the, the, but it's proper journalism. You go into games. I see how hard Ben works in Spain. Mm. He's covering three or four games a week. He's not just sat in his bedroom, lifting quotes off other people. Mm. He's speaking to people. He's building up contacts. He's building up trust. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, well, that was a big thing for them. They wanted people on the ground in those in those areas. You know, um, of course, anyone who knows me knows I've been at the MEN for over 10 years so they already had someone who had a, a built-in following covering those United and City so that, that obviously helped um, and likewise uh, David Lynch um, he's come actually from Liverpool from the club so again he's got an authority there and Ben had been working in Spain for a long time as well so yeah it wasn't just a case of oh we can cover this from the office or whatever just to get clicks it was it, like you say it was an investment in proper journalism and I suppose um, you know the London Standard it's a massive newspaper um, a massive website it was about expanding that and probably it's a bit of a no-brainer in the sense of you know how do you want to expand it well we'll we'll start um we'll expand our football coverage because you know it's the biggest sport in the world you're covering united and city do you get accused of being biased against each team by fans of both clubs because i can remember you know you write stuff you, you just can't do right for doing wrong sometimes and i obviously am associated more with writing about united but it does frustrate me a little bit when I'll probably write 10 City pieces a year and I'll do it properly. So I went with some proper article City fans to Arsenal first game of the season, which was a leap of faith for them to allow me win in, in their group. Um, and, and I wrote about them and they were good lads. They followed the team for 30, 40 years. Not a peep. The minute I even hint that Manchester City might have not sold out their ground, I get hundreds of abusive messages. And I get why you get that. But even when you try to, to do your job properly and to write about, it's like they're blinded by it. it it's infuriating. There's, there's a certain brand of fan, and I'm not saying that they belong to any one club, um, there's a certain brand of fan who, if you don't write 100% positive things about their club, then you're against them. And but that's not, it's not journalism, is not it? It's just, no. re, it's just reinforcing um, prejudices. Yeah, the danger there is that you, you're in this echo chamber again, isn't it? You know, they, they only want to hear positive things about their clubs. And, you know, who supports a club who there are only positive things to say? I think most real fans, and certainly myself as a fan growing up, I'd almost enjoy, I wouldn't say enjoy, but it was always cathartic to read the really negative pieces. You know, after a bad, bad result, bad performance, you'd read it and almost want... In, You'd, you'd wallow in it. I wouldn't say you'd enjoy wallowing in it, but you just would. You'd, you'd grieve <laughs> at a poor result. Um, nowadays, there's no space for that. It's, uh, if they lost the game, then it's because the referee was against them or, or this or that. Um, and if you dare to write something opposite, then you're in trouble. I mean, my problem, uh, if it's a problem, um, is that I cover both clubs. So, for instance, today uh, I'm at Old Trafford. Uh, United have been fantastic. Uh, that will absolutely um, uh, be expressed in my reporting on it and then I'll just get um, non-stop abuse from um, 
opposition fans will say, oh, you're just obviously a United fan. If they'd lost and I was uh, being critical, it'd be, go back to covering City, you're clearly a City fan. And it, it works the way both ways. And that's pretty infuriating. But I've got to say, um, like I said, I used to cover Forest. Uh, it was, it was pre-Twitter, but there were message boards at the time. And I remember um, reading message boards sometimes about myself, and there were people on there saying, uh, he's always been a mag. I've known that all my life, uh, a Notts County fan of Magpie. Um, I went to school with him. He was a Notts County season ticket holder. No, no truth in that whatsoever. Um, uh, I, was never... that. <laughs> I think my best one was... Um... I went to Northern Ireland, spent three days there at a really positive piece around Clifton-Linfield, which was a very contentious game. I spoke to 17 different people from all sections of the community. 90% of the feedback was very positive, good, good for him for coming over here and doing his job properly. And then After about three weeks, I call them the three percenters, you don't get it, from every, every club. I've heard that Mitten's a Linfield fan, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I'm not. Well, I've heard he's got a season ticket at Cliftonville. And I haven't. Yeah. And, and you, you think, do I react to these absolute clowns? And they just want to believe their, their own agenda. And you've just got to stay out of it. And these people are allowed to just sling it at you. Exactly. And, well, I know for a fact that when he came here, he stayed in a house of a, of a hardcore Glen Soren fan. I'm thinking... I didn't. <laughs> you know, just yeah. bizarre, isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. You know, it, it, when you think of the amount of criticism that journalists get for supposedly making things up, the amount of times that people make stuff up about you and it's on Twitter and it'll start being retweeted and it suddenly becomes, well, that's fact. I mean, some of the best stuff is when you'll tweet something and then you'll see that, uh, not that tweet, a, a totally rehashed version of that tweet claiming that's what you said. You're actually being missed. All you have to do is retweet it if you want to quote me uh, and they'll choose to misquote that. Um, but, like I say, that's, that is not specific to United and City fans are covering them. Every club I've covered, the, that club or the opposition club has claimed, me, claimed that I supported their deadliest rivals. And that's only one negative in a job which has many positives. <coughs> You're travelling to a lot of games. How many games are you covering each season? And are you enjoying it, I assume? Uh, I love it. You know, it's what I've, it's what I've always wanted to do. Um, uh, how could you not love covering this patch, which is fantastic, and... I know this has been a, uh, an awful season for United so far, but um, it's not been short of stories. And that's what you want as a journalist. You want stories. Uh, and it's been fantastic for stories. Uh, I think it's a real shame we never saw a proper ding-dong with Mourinho and Guardiola, because I think when, when they both came here, that's what we thought we were going to get, and it just never quite happened. And it's a shame that. They were quite um, respectful to each other, weren't they? They were. I think they were both keen to avoid that. Um, I just I thought it was really odd ahead of the last... Uh, the last derby last season when Guardiola suddenly comes out with that Pogba line about uh, Raiola offering him Pogba and I thought wow he's just uh, dropped a grenade in there for no reason whatsoever you know United with no threat to City the title was theirs and he goes and drops that in and then you see what happens the next day uh, Pogba goes and scores twice as the game of his life um, and I, I thought well this, maybe that's going to be the start of something and then of course the way United started this season they've just not not been an issue to City whatsoever how will the season end finally? Where can you see uh, City finishing as champions? And United, can they make the top four? Right, well, a couple of weeks ago, I was having um, quite a heated debate with uh, some of the other lads um, who were at City, actually, at a press conference. And I was saying, there is absolutely nothing that can stop City from winning the title. I was convinced they would win it. I was convinced that by the time they'd, they'd played Liverpool, they could be about six points clear. So... I didn't see what's happened, what, what, what's come. Um, I'm not sure anyone saw what's come, really. Um, and 
I mean, that game against Liverpool is going to be fantastic. Uh, I don't know if it's going out before that or not. They've got before it. Yeah. Oh, right. So that game against Liverpool, that's, that is a, a real title decider. City lose that, I'm not sure I can see them getting back into it. Um, if they win it, then I'd probably fancy them to win the title. Because um, the thing about City is they're not just capable of going on an unbeaten run. They're capable of going on a 15-match winning run. You know, that, that's, that's the difference, isn't it? Um, United... I thought top, top four was absolutely gettable with Mourinho. So the way they're playing now without him and having nine points out of nine straight away, I'd fancy him to beat Newcastle as well, that would make it 12. I think top four is absolutely within sight. And I think that all of a sudden raises the question of what is the benchmark for Solskjaer to, to keep the job? I know that nobody around here is getting carried away. You know, no fan will be getting carried away. But you know, if he gets into the top four, what more could he have actually done? And it, it just it would give Ed Woodward a really difficult decision. I know, look, I think probably all United fans want po- wanted to be Pochettino. Um, uh, I think Ed Woodward wants it to be Pochettino. And I can totally <laughs> understand that. And I would personally get Pochettino and do what Liverpool done with Klopp and say, this is yours. You know, we're not necessarily going to win the title this year. Maybe we're not going to win it for four years as, like Klopp. But you, you can build this club into your own image and make, make us great. But if Solskjaer does, gets them into the top four, maybe wins a trophy, who knows? That's not beyond belief either. If he does that, then all of a sudden, that's a really difficult question for, a difficult decision for Woodward. And I, I, the backing he'd have here, to show the door to a legend like that, after doing that, it would be very difficult. A penny for the thoughts of Richard Pochettino at the moment. Thanks for your time. How do we find and read your stuff? What's your Twitter handle? You can find me at James Robson ES, as in Evening Standard. And I'm also on Facebook, James Robson Writes. And they've not made you speak with a Cockney accent? Uh, not yet, not yet. Although uh, most of the other writers around here, they, they keep uh, mentioning uh, uh, Cockney rhyming slam, slang to me, waiting for me to actually understand any of it, which I still don't. Thanks for your time. It's post-match after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. I've beaten Bournemouth by four goals to one. Uh, it's John Aston, I'm still here with the other fans in Sellers. Um, Bit of a depleted squad today, but we still managed to get Bloomer, Antshaw and Stu Parrish. Um, another decent performance from United. Um, 12 goals in three games now for Solskjaer. And I'm going to come to you first because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to rollicking I got la, la, last period. Um, and the, the, the Jose Mourinho era is um, it's, it's looking like a, you know, a distant memory at the minute now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying, trying my very best to you know, keep my words quite um, you know, measured, but be a first. It's so <laughs> everything's just so much better in it. Even telling the market like um, people seem happy. I've booked you know. Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> I was confident. Of. Yeah, and um, you know, I've, I've watched United for like the last year or so. Like, really show a lot of respect to sides that, in my opinion, don't don't deserve it. And United should just back their players because man for man, the better. And um, I think that you know that's shown today. They seem to be. There's a lot of theories around um, why the players are playing a lot better, um, but I know I know which one I believe. We'll come to that one in a minute. Blue Moop, um, what did you make of the, uh, today? I yeah, like no, said, the mood will, mood a lot better. Yeah, same. I like to sell everyone. Everyone outside is buzzing all the time, and we've always said you've got to be beating your bottom twelve sides with ease, and that's it looks like it's starting to look like that again. Well, you, know, you know things are better when mm, people yeah. are coming past you and wishing you a happy new year after the game rather than yeah. telling you where to stick uh, the yeah, magazines sorry, and things like that. Off, yeah. Stu? Yeah, buzzing. I just think uh, it's great to go to the game and expect to see some goals like, and out and out attacking, but even with the, the Reading game coming, 
He's going to play Mason, Mason Greenwood's going to be on, on the bench for that one. So that's pretty good. He's like starting to see the young, youngsters getting a chance because there's some of them in that, in that um, youth setup that have been chomping to get in that, even training with the first team. I wonder how to sniff under Mourinho. So, yeah, see you later, Jose. <laughs> you, you, you just mentioned there, Ant, um, you, you're going to go and see reasons of, of why you think um, that, the, you know, because the, the, it is, it, let's face it, it's a massive, massive change. It's, it's literally like someone's bought a brand new football team. Um, yeah. What's your theories on? Well, I think watching it, you know, you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot more running, which um, I, I think, you know, it was quite um, well publicised. The stats about United's running was very low, but I always remember something Jose said when he was in charge of Inter Milan when they beat that great Barcelona team, and um, they went down to ten men and um, they, they asked him a question about um, Barcelona's record possession in the Champions League. I think they got like eighty-three percent in the match, and Jose said, "I didn't want the ball." Because it'd mean that my players would leave position, and like that really is. I always remembered that when I was watching United because I just thought they're not allowed to. He drills them so you know he's so thorough with where they should stand, where they should be at all times that players aren't even allowed to. You know they're scared of being you know trying things and you know in contrast I always remember Ferguson used to say it's boring me try something try a run try a flick. And I think that's um, really coming out now. You know, you, yeah. you see, <clears throat> see. I mean, the the confidence today on some of them. You know, well, it's interesting to say that because yeah. there's two schools of thought when it comes to to the way they were playing now. There's one that obviously they're just the, the shackles two. are off, yeah. or there's two. There's the down tools theory that the players weren't running because um, you know they didn't want to run for the manager. Now, now I'm firmly of of the belief now after watching them three games it, it's just completely a change in tactics it's nothing to do with effort levels or anything else it's just players are now being you know because even players who were his tried and trust, trusted players you know even you've seen even Lukaku who I'm not the biggest fan of in the world um, putting a shift in Ma- Matic, <laughs> Matic, Matic looked absolutely transformed in the last <laughs> and, he, and he was the linchpin of the old Mourinho yeah. thing so, so I firmly mm. do believe that it's um, it's purely a, 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 a tactical well, thing that's, that's changed that, do, I've, do still, I've still got me little doubts over a few players and I keep, I'll keep saying that because that You've seen it with the other two managers, like we said in the last podcast. I just think there's a couple of them could have done a bit better I, I, for I, me. I can understand that, but I mean, what you, what I mean, you, we we bought a player that was um, he'd won Serie A four times. You know, he'd come over. He's won a World Cup since. And what are you supposed to do if you're a player that doesn't think he's being used appropriately? You know. Mm. It is, it is going to grind you down a bit. It's going to grind. It's going to show in your performances. Well, we, we said that in the kind of way, the way here this morning. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's all well and good sticking to manager instruction, but it doesn't always mean your manager's right. No, no, exactly. And um, whilst we didn't like to see the things, you know, he was posting on can Instagram or whatever, um, which was a very, very much below the belt, you know. And when United have just had to pay a lot of money to sack a manager, you know, it's. Um, I, I do think that I can understand his frustration in some ways. Yeah. Stu, tactical or down, did the down tools? Completely tactical, I think. It's, everyone's been saying from the start of the season the way he's just talked the team down, Mourinho. And then, like, when you when you look at the team now, there's not a, a point this season where I thought that's a bad set of players there. I've just thought it's just not being used right. And the last three games seem to show exactly this. Well, we'll come down to um, Paul Pogba, um, who I today thought was absolutely magnificent. Mm-hmm. He, he, everything good to come through United. Um, I think that's four goals in last. Last two games and set three goals up as well in, in the last three games. Um, what did you make of his performance today? Oh, he was unbelievable, weren't he? And um, you know, we're playing against Bournemouth at the end of the day, and I'd love to see him do it against a better team. Um, but that we're going to have to, we're going to have to realise where we're starting from, and we're going to have to build up to those big games. You know, um, I know we beat Fulham four-one before Jose mm. left, but in the day I've not enjoyed 
three consecutive United matches like that for a hell of a long time. Yeah. You enjoy watching Pogba table Yeah, outstanding. He's playing in the position where you fully expect him to be, really, and getting forward more. When, obviously, I admit, when Mourinho was in charge, he did keep him... Well, we, we always said how deep he was, and that's not his game. Totally isn't his game, so it's good to see him where he should be and where he played for Juventus as well. So, Shift, do you make a pocket today? I was I really, when we signed him, I was genuinely excited over, over signing him because of the prospects of what the talent he's got. And even over the last year or so, when everyone's been saying, oh, he's shy and all that, you can still see these glimpses and moments where he's got, he's got that. And I think now he's got the freedom to just go out and express it. It's just meant it's going to be a good few years if, if he sticks around in that team, definitely. Well, that's, the, that's the thing, though. You don't, there's not really any team that's kind of got the money to put in a bid for him anyway so you'd like to think that he he would knuckle down now and you know and say that's it I'm here for the long term and see how it goes and then you know we're not I'm not really getting carried away um you know we're not I'm not starting to look at title challenges there's there's, there's certain things in the um team that definitely need addressing but the thing that there's a naivety to us down to 19 points now yeah (laughs) there's a naivety about us that I really like though and it's just you know what we're just going to go and fucking attack and ask the questions you know and if if we do get turned over by Liverpool at home or something like that then so be it but you know we're asking questions of teams now and Liverpool won't come out of Old Trafford you know taking a piss one thing I've noticed and one thing I've liked the last couple of games is we, we, we've moaned and moaned about this on the podcast in the past that United were so much where the worst to watch in the Marino once we went ahead and that we preferred to watch them when they were chasing a game or you know they were after something mm. have you noticed that as soon as we've gone 1-0 up it's like the game's restarted and they're just yeah. back on it you're, yeah. sitting, you're playing like it's 0-0 again and they're just yeah. constantly you know they're after more goals yeah. and someone, some people would have you believe that that's tactics but you know um, sorry would have you believe that that's the players well, well they look like ner- we look like nervous wrecks, didn't we? Yeah, every time we went, went it's ahead. definitely tactics, and um, I just think some of the things. I mean, you mm-hmm. see Martial at times today popping up on the right wing rather than the left, and you know Lingard popping up everywhere, Pogba popping up in the box. You know, and they're allowed to they're allowed to do what they want. Yeah. And that's, what that's did you make of the starting lineup, sir? Because I, I thought for the first time in, in a long time. You're starting to see a bit of consistency there in that team. He's picking players you'd expect to see in there. There's no stupid selections in midfield. There's no overly negative midfielders playing. And he's, he's only slightly tweaked it, really. Isn't he? He's not done much. The only, the only good downside, really, is, is Baylor. He's, yeah. I just think he's just a, well, he's he's say he's just a, a red card waiting to happen, which is what happens today. But it's, it's every game you think. If he plays, you think you're going to either give a penalty away or... And if, so if you can address that over the over the course of the next few months, I think I think we'll be all right. It's like I like I like mean, the I'm so enjoying the game. Like Herrera, you look at him in that sort of side. He's it's perfect. Well, he, he played differently yeah. too because he, he was the one who sort of slotted back into yeah. the to the back three and let Matic have to play that first that, that sort of play is perfect for him, and he because he loves zipping around and stuff like that. So I quite like the fact that uh, we're not going to have someone who's going to play McTominay and Herrera at centre half to make us yeah. snide points to the board. Yeah. It's like you've got someone who's more interested in. Manchester United winning games now and not uh, scoring points. I feel sorry for him though because he's he's only a young lad and he's been kind of made a scapegoat because you know because of that and it's it's not I fair think, on him and he's getting a lot of shit now which is un, it's uncalled for. I think that says a lot though yeah. about Mourinho. Yeah. That, I mean mm. we we um, I mean you've mm. seen what Pogba's done today and what he's capable of. Our manager just because he fell out with him started him started McTominay above him in a Champions League second round knockout game. And that it's just things like that. No matter what your opinion on the players is, you've got to get past that, and you've got to put, you know you've got to play your best team at the end of the day, rather than 
you know, just somebody who will listen to you. Definitely. So, I mean, we've pretty much gone into everything that we've always said is around Mourinho and, you know, getting rid of Mourinho. Does Solskjaer deserve some credit, though, for, you know, are we doing him a disservice by saying it's purely because Mourinho's gone? Or do you think, you know, Solskjaer... And, and, and is, he, he's, is he genuinely in a frame for the job? I, I don't think he's in a frame for the job. I, think I, long to, I, I wouldn't see him there as a long-term. I think he'll just see the season out. Similar to, like, you're saying over Dalglish at Liverpool when he, when he came in. Um, but I just can't see him long-term. I, th- I think he needs... I think he's probably just coming out. I bet he's not, he's not even mentioned Mourinho since the first day he came in. I bet he's just gone in and gone, that was what happened in the past, this is the future. And it, it'll build towards that as well with the, with the younger players. So over the next few months, you'll see a lot of them getting any chances in the team, which is exactly what you want to see. And then you don't have to go to the transfer window every single time. If, if it's not going to be Solskjaer, then does he, does he at least... See, do, do you remember like over the past few years, there's always been people going on about this mythical United way and, and everything's got to be that. But over the last, what you have seen over the last couple of years, is Solskjaer living proof that that is what United do yeah. for the next manager? I think, um, and, and I know this, it's really difficult to say it, but I've, I was watching Liverpool last year against City in that Champions League game, and, and the league game as well, and I just thought, you know what, they're just fucking having a go. And um, I, I just think everything about United for so long just became such um, so negative and scared, you know, and it, I, I think that stretches into our fans as well. I mean, you look at them now, they're absolutely shitting themselves going on about Liverpool winning the league and I just think just just concentrate on United and United will be alright they've, they've got the same resources as Liverpool back just probably more just enjoy not winning it yeah. <laughs> well, well that's what I mean the it's, last three managers about. we've had yeah pro- Moyes, Van Aal and uh, Marino possibly the three worst types yeah. of football you've, to watch you've got to blame, you've got to blame the all. club for that then the people hiring them because it's all on them at the end of the day. It's just been so them. fucking negative for so long. And um, about Solskjaer, you know, the question you was asking, I, I'm just of the opinion that he, he's come in and he's reminding players of the responsibility to play for United. He's reminding them of what United are about. And that, for me, that, that's brilliant for six months and he can have a free hit, even if we finish, we lose games against, you know, your cities. And I'd like to see him, obviously, when the big games come around, see how he is tactically and see how he approaches it. I'm like Liverpool and... Coming up Spurs, for instance, away in a couple of weeks. I don't, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll over, overplay a lot of the tactics. I think with him, I think he, he's even said it in his first interview. I think he's more asked about how we play than how the opposition play. Was like Mourinho was the complete opposite, yeah. and I think he's yeah. just going to go out there and go, "You're a good enough team. Just go out, play yeah. how you want against these lads." Like, I don't. Well, think well, that's why I used to find so frustrating about Mourinho because today he would have set up a team that was, you know, would have counteracted. Jack Brooks, or whatever he's called, he's a, you know. Well, when, when, player, was the, when was the last game you remember when three United attackers played well in a game? I, I can't, I can't remember that for fucking ages. You know, we're talking that, like probably probably that West Brom game with Fergus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a long time, isn't it? And um, we were brilliant, absolutely brilliant today. I mean, you're going to ask about man of the matches soon, and I, I just, I don't even know I'm going to pick one today. Considering they're not particularly the most glamorous of fixtures, well, Huddersfield at home and um, and Bournemouth at home. Um, the atmosphere also took, I think, has yeah. took a massive lift. I thought, especially in the, uh, late in the second half today, the, the place was bouncing, wasn't it's it? So, so players getting stuck in and chasing the ball constantly. And it's like, well, that's what that's that what we've always yeah, argued yeah. with Mourinho when he moaned yeah. about the crowd. It was a two-way thing, wasn't it? You know, it was yeah. up to the players as well to. Yeah, exactly. That's all Lukaku run for yards to do a sliding <laughs> tackle today. It was absolutely <laughs> buzzing. I, was, I, was I thought I just had too much to drink this Christmas. He actually looked always a bit trim. I was like, well surprised. Trimmings. What's after Christmas? No, well done. How does he do that? They must have locked him up or something. They must have locked him up or something this Christmas. 
Coming up, um, another couple of half-decent games um, in terms of being winnable fixtures. Uh, Newcastle away. Always a tricky place to go. They, they don't have many goals in them. Um, but do you fancy us to get a result of level? I do now, yeah. Last last couple of visits there, it's been a bit of a bit of on it. But, um, yeah, I do this time. If you just just come out the same as you did today, and it's that's it really, yeah. Just give it a go. They're a funny side because they don't ever really score many goals, but then again, we don't yeah. keep many clean sheets. Scored a scored mm. um, set piece off us last year as well, didn't they? Mm. Away, and I just think um, whilst um, I'm enjoying it, there is a bit of a naivety about United at the moment, and I really think we benefit from. And, and I know it's not ideal, but um, I think all of our centre halves are sort of like a need a partner that's good in the air. Yeah. So at the moment. I would play Smalling until we can go into the transfer. Well, I think I mean, Chris Smalling's actually. I think you said Chris Smalling's out for three weeks. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to have to be Jones and Lindelof. The good there. thing is, there's no Bailey for a few weeks now. Anyway, so. Was it? Was that just the most Eric Bailey thing of all time today? Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. He was expecting it as soon as he read that team sheet. I thought, mm, sending off our penalty. Which one's it going to be? He's mad, isn't it? He's never been sent off. Has he not been sent off United? Yeah, in the European yes. game. That Europa oh, yeah, he did, yeah. 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 He, uh, Got suspended for the final. But yeah. yeah, he's a concern. Um, some of his um, decision-making and positioning can be a um, bit of a concern at times. But, you know, we're trying to... I think we're in the, bait, the, the place now where we want to see players improving at United and he's got to be given a chance to do that. Without wanting to moan too much after you've scored 12 goals in three games, um, with the fixtures that we've had, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, is the fact that we've failed to keep any clean sheets again a concern? Yeah, that's been the biggest. We, we were saying during the game, because it was a sloppy yeah, goal against it is again. It's, it's, I know it's one here and that. That stops a little bit in terms of conceding multiple goals anyway, so it's a start. But that's it. We're going to yeah, run out. Yeah. You know, we're going to run out of luck eventually if we keep conceding goals. But as I said, there's a naivety about us, and I actually quite enjoy it rather yeah. than the same old shit. Well, that's all I say. I'm not worried if we if we keep attacking. I know we'll score quite a few now in the game, so it doesn't. It's not overly concerning, but we do need to sort we, it out. We played five at the back against yeah, Southampton exactly, about yeah. two months ago, so I'll mm. take anything at this moment. Mm. Yeah, sure. we've, we've two defensive midfielders in front of them. So, thank God that area's over. Yeah. Um, obviously, the FA Cup um, is going to be a massive competition for United this season. Uh, that's coming up next weekend. Um, I don't think anyone particularly fancies us to go too far in the Champions League, although there is a bit more in your optimism. Um, and the league's probably gone. Um, do you see him putting out a full-strength team for, for Reading? No, I we were saying during the game, I, I can see him bringing a couple of the kids and just saying just, just have a go and like Greenwood players like that I think he's um, really clever with his changes because yeah, you, you were saying before how he's not changed it that much mm. and that's the thing to do you change yeah, two or three weeks. positions yeah. you don't change five it won't be wholesale but he'll, yeah. he'll have a couple of kids and definitely he, he, yeah. I mean <clears> we, we we used to seeing our old front line and all, all defence changing every week so mm. I just think he's really clever with what he's doing in that sense yeah mm. Looking forward to Reading, Stu. I oh, can't wait. It's magical, <laughs> another magical day, day morning, whatever it is. Um, nah, Televised game as well. Yeah, obviously. Reading at home was like the worst one we could have get, really, wasn't it? But I'd buzz off the FA Cup, and I think um, I, th- I think we'll have a goal that, that day, definitely, because we'll have, like, say, if we get the young players in, you just just blitz them with a the pace. That's what that's what United's always been about. I've missed watching wingers over the last few years, mate. So hopefully we can get. God, it was lovely that today, yeah. weren't it? When Rashford took it. Took yeah. it. That bloke, so. it, it is quite refreshing to actually be looking forward to a game against Reading at home, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, I mean, today would have been. I was, I was thinking when I was um, leaving the house today. I was thinking, oh, I can't be asked selling for three and a half hours or whatever. But 
Um, God knows what it would have been. I actually thought to myself in my head, it could be worse. We could have Jose Mourinho in charge. <laughs> not the game to look forward to. And we could... Um, you it's know. more of a buzz, or you not notice it yeah. beforehand, like when when you're selling, you notice like loads of little things. But te- ten minutes before, it was dead, and I'm thinking, all right, is it kick off now? And it wasn't. It's just people are getting in earlier because they're actually going to enjoy the game. Oh. Finally, going back to the game then today, uh, I'm going to trouble you off for a man of the match, Blimey. I thought Herrera was brilliant, but I'm going to give it to Rashford just because he just he was everywhere today. Outstanding he was. It was nice to see the reception he got as well when yeah, he went off. Wasn't top, it? Yeah. I yeah, I, I need to mention a couple because um, there's no way you can give it, you know, just one and shut up about the rest. Herrera and uh, Rashford brilliant, but I just think um, Pogba was on another level today. Bayer, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rashford for me, just the effort that lad puts in. He's like, he's just, he just, you don't want to say, oh, he just gets it and all that, but he's like. No matter what, you could tell him to play anywhere on that pitch and he'd put the exact same amount of effort in. And it's like, I just think he's, his pace frightens people a lot. And he seems to be growing a bit as a player now as well. Like, he's taking more of them chances, isn't it? So, yep, wouldn't, wouldn't really argue that at all. I think Rashford's probably been our best player over the last couple of months anyway. Um, but I didn't give it him the other day, so I think today I'm going to go with Paul Pogba. I thought it was absolutely outstanding. Um, that's going to be it from us. Um, we wish all our listeners a very happy new year. Um, we will hopefully have somebody back from uh, doing the podcast from the Newcastle game, which won't be any of us because we're all back at work. Um, so it'll be somebody who's allowed to enjoy themselves. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for everyone who stopped and bought a fanzine off us today. Um, and we will speak to you in the new year. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Reds. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.